Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We named captains today at the team meeting uh, this morning, and I'll give them to you in numerical order. Number one, Justin Fields was named captain. Number 58, Roquan Smith. Number 65, Cody Whitehair. And number 94, Robert Quinn. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. No real controversy there, guys, with the Bears captains. We kind of, if you started figuring out who should be the captains, you would start with uh, the best players, and there's your talent there. Obviously, the name that kind of jumps out at you, well, first of all, it's good Justin Fields is included, uh, and I hope that was because he won it, not because uh, anybody changed the voting. We heard a lot about that this week because uh, poor Trey Lance wasn't voted in. They got tons of veterans. They got pro bowlers voted in, but he didn't make it. He finished seventh. For some reason, Kyle Shanahan opted to tell you that. Um, But I'm curious, Roquan in there as a captain. I I mean, Robert Quinn didn't really take part in the the offseason, and he's a captain. And I'm sure you respect the heck out of him if you're a young player. He's had a great career, had a great season last year. But Roquan was a hold-in. He wasn't taking part in anything. We know he wants to reset the market with the contract, wants to be the highest-paid linebacker. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But um, but they he doesn't have an agent. They couldn't come to resolution. His status uncertain beyond this year. I would argue the same thing with Robert Quinn. Cody Whitehair is a captain, and, and that's great. I, I don't know if his price tag gets too heavy given – the way these guys have operated, cleaning up the salary cap, but uh, worthy of a captain. Um, and we mentioned Fields and the importance of this season. D- David Montgomery is the honorary captain. They'll have one a week. David is heading to a contract uh, status at, at expiration at the end of the year, just like uh, Roquan is. Roquan will probably uh, be eligible for the franchise. We don't know what they're going to do with him, but let's talk Roquan. What did you think of his offseason? What do you think of his contract stuff? And what do you think of 
how he plays today. I think he's crazy not to have an agent. <laughs> nah. That's my opinion. I just I, I don't get that. You know, it's it's three percent of your salary, and it's that's some confusing stuff that you know. Maybe he has a, a lawyer or somebody helping him, you know, with with that kind of stuff. But I, I just think, and even an Patrick, yeah. like once you get to some of these just huge deals, yeah. and a lot of times guys won't even do the full three, right? You might go one and a half, two percent yes, exactly. on some of like the highest paid deals in the league. Yeah. Um, I first off, I think that's crazy. He needs an agent, but um, I have no problem with him doing what he did. I mean, he was still there in the building. The hold in is great. I, I if you're gonna do it, do it that way, in my opinion. And him being voted captain says a lot about his teammates and what they think about him. We've heard a lot of quotes from his teammates, talk about him, how they're supporting him. I remember when Lance Briggs was kind of going through that, we all supported him and understood, listen, this is a business as well, and it's a game where teammates, we're, you know, we're locker room buddies and all that kind of stuff, and we're friends. And the friendship stuff, you want them to get paid. You, you, you play for the love of the game, but you play for the money as well. And you have an opportunity to make a substantial amount of money, change your lifestyle, your parents' lifestyle, your kids' lifestyle, your grandkids' lifestyle – I have no problem going for that. Um, so I, I think he, he did the right thing, but I think he went about it the wrong way with not having an agent. Um, everybody who, who steps out there today as, as the captains for the Bears and, and the honorary captain David Montgomery included, in, in some ways has at least in, in this transition shown a form of leadership mm-hmm. that, that seems like it will be beneficial to the squad this year. So Roquan Smith over the last few seasons here, he's earned that respect from his teammates and that's why it shows in, in being voted a captain. The the offseason for him, you know, we, we saw him being willing to do that as a rookie, being being willing to kind of, you know, stick to his guns as it were and 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 not take the field until he felt good about the language in the contract and you know, I'm still not 100% sure exactly how close the two sides got at the end of this, but it sounds like uh from from all the the, the tenor of, of the way Roquan addressed things publicly that he didn't feel like they were very close at all. And, you know, was that because he feels like he I – I, there's film there where I can see Roquan Smith saying, you know what, I'm playing like the best linebacker in football. But then there's also the stats that indicate a guy like Shaq Leonard is the best linebacker in football. So for Roquan, you know, beyond the tackles, he's not comparable – with Darius Shaq Leonard. And so if that's where the, the separation is between he and the team, Lamar Jackson is betting on himself this season. Roquan Smith betting on himself this season. And so it's a risk. It's definitely a risk going into this because the, the franchise tag that's available there, one thing that folks look at that, that one season annual sort of lump sum that's available, and, yeah, that's a huge amount of money if you get franchised for next season. But that being said, it's still not the same level of guaranteed generational wealth that's available if you do sign a long-term deal. So, yeah, the franchise tag is nice, but that's if you just continue to stay healthy year over year, get franchised over and over again, a la Kirk Cousins, then sure, you you can make out pretty well. But you're not getting that one-time, just guaranteed lump sum if you do make that long-term deal happen. So there's risk involved in it, and Roquan Smith has missed some games with injury not a lot of them but he's missed some games with injury some games with whatever other issues have happened in the past but I anticipate we're going to see the best version of Roquan Smith perhaps that we've ever seen that should be a fun thing for Bears fans to anticipate yeah no doubt and selfishly as a Bears fan I'm happy he didn't sign the contract because I want to see him go out Mm. and ball out this year you know because he's he's Uh going to there's going to be a little extra Uh edge to him he always played with an edge but as a Bears fan and and somebody watching him and, and rooting for him 
uh, rooting for this team, he's going to be the best Roquan Smith I think we've seen yet just because he's betting on himself. And I, and I, and I love it for that reason. But I wish he did get paid because you want to see everybody get their money and, 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 and take care of themselves. But selfishly, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what we see out of Roquan this year with betting on himself. You know, and he guys, was asked. The, yeah, sorry. I, I was just going to say the, you know, the, the fact that the, the weather conditions outside, like it's biblical outside right now. <laughs> oh, so you bad. think about, yeah, you know, gross. Yeah. where you know, we want to yeah. see if, if Justin Fields can make it work in the Luke Getzey passing attack. Roquan, can he stay healthy? Some of these guys with the soft tissue issues going into an opening game like this in a monsoon, it does bring about some additional concerns. Is there any danger? He was asked earlier in the week about um, if there are any players on the starting 11 that are going to surprise you, and his response was awesome. He said that he thinks all of them are going to surprise you, and you're not going to believe how fast they are and how they hit everything that moves, which is a great answer if if you're a Bears fan. You, You love hearing that. He was also asked about his performance, and he said he was asked about takeaways, and he said that's where you get paid. Those are the big... I'm just curious, are you at all afraid? And the guy's a tackle machine, unbelievably productive. But will he take risks to get takeaway? Do you expect him? Is there a possibility if he's in coverage, and and he's playing a different position. He's on the weak side in this particular lineup, which should you know funnel more plays to him. But is there any concern that, that, that he may be overly aggressive? It's something to watch for, you know, like early in the season last year, um, I, I think it was I think it was Dan and Layla were asking me early in the season last year about Akeem Hicks, if there's anything to kind of worry about with Akeem Hicks going into a contract year and how his how his play style may end up changing. And I think there there are, are some of those minute things you can look for. Like my, my thing with Akeem Hicks was just watch the way he hits blocks. Is he really willing to kind of sit in there, take on the double team, extend himself? He's had issues with the elbow before. Is he willing to put that arm in jeopardy? Or are they going to be more Olay moves and just trying to get into creases, penetrate into the backfield, make some splash plays that will jump out on film without necessarily stressing his body in the same way? From Roquan's perspective, if, if that is, and it, you know, if, with that being in his head, that yeah, those, those takeaways, those turnovers, that's a part of what separates me from, from the dude who, who's got the highest paid contract in the league right now. You can look at it either two ways. You know, to be more conscious of once a tackle's secured, going with the peanut punch, raking away at the football more so than he has in the past, maybe, it, maybe that's all it ends up equating to. I, he's been good in pass coverage up to this point anyway, and he's shown some pretty good ball skills as well. So I, I do think that playing his game that he's already played within this scheme will be enough to get Roquan Smith paid. But are there going to be more risks that he takes? Does he look to like undercut a route, try to make an interception, and it leads to a big run after catch because he doesn't secure the tackle? Some of that stuff could definitely come about. So it's going to be worthy of watching. I agree, and I think everybody is going to take more risks. I think it's being preached in practice. I think that's just – the philosophy yeah. of that defense is go ahead and take a little bit of a calculated risk if it's there because the takeaways are so important. So I think everybody's going to be that way. And I'm just I'm super excited to see, you know, he talked about everybody flying to the ball. In the preseason, we saw the defense doing that as well. But I think today, when you get into real regular season game mode, it's going to be fun to watch those guys to truly try to punch it out every time to get to the ball. But I think everybody on that defense is going to take a little bit of a chance. And I, I'm okay with that. I think, you know, with Lovey Smith's defense – that, that was preached to those guys as well, and it worked out pretty well for them. And I just think everybody will do that. And hopefully, they, they, I called it a calculated risk. You know, they know the situation mm-hmm. where not to go for it. But I think we'll see more of those plays 
or, or the tempted plays by the entire defense. And, and I think um, I, I think it's a wonderful point to bring up. First of all, the idea that uh, that you know that's how you play defense, but this is also a wet track. Yeah. So that that changes the way the game might be played, right? And and my fear for the Bears has been I'm worried about their interior run defense. I might be the only guy uh, in Chicago that keeps harping on this one, but Akeem Hicks is gone, and Akeem Hicks, when he was able to play, could pick up people and throw them, and, you know, we know Eddie Goldman was a body that took up a lot of space if if uh, maybe he didn't love the game, whatever the issues were there. Uh, they, had, they had kind of guys in the middle of that defense you felt good about. So the Bears get their new head coach in Matt Eberflus, and what do they do? They go out. They really invested in one player all offseason, and that was Larry Okunjobi. They identified him as that three-technique, Pat. You remember Lovey's defense so well. You played uh, with those guys. They needed that guy, and he fails the physical. So they they end up getting uh, a Justin Jones in here. He's their second choice at that position. They paid him a little bit, not like Larry Ogunjobi. They obviously have uh, have reworked everybody in the inside. Angela Blackson is going to start in the interior of that line. We know they got Armand Watts. They they made a bunch of moves, salary cap stuff over the week, but uh, but they'll have four uh, defensive tackles for this game. Are you at all concerned with a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who loves to run the ball? that they may come right at the Bears in the middle of the field, and they might have to now, given the conditions. I like the way that Armand Watts fits into this style, this sort of one-gap scheme that the Bears are going to run or are running defensively, more so than like a Kyrus Tonga, where Kyrus Tonga was this guy with really square shoulders, really broad base on the inside. When he was one-on-one, he could perform well. He could hit blocks. He could hold up. Double teams, really even at his size, at his girth, double teams were an issue for Kyrus Tonga, especially as he got a few snaps into a series and started getting a little bit winded. You can move him out of there because he's not that effective. He wasn't that effective at really holding up and getting getting skinny and kind of focusing on when you're taking on a double team block. You got to kind of focus on one player, turn your shoulder and kind of show your back to the other guy trying to move you out of a gap. And that's a part of where you can fight force even if two players are trying to move you out of a crease. Kyrus Tonga wasn't great at that. Armand Watts, though, while he's not as big as a Kyrus Tonga, when you watch his film, he's shown himself as a guy in this league that can get on the other side of the line of scrimmage, that can get up the field, that can get into kind of the outside half or outside third of a blocker, press that hole a little bit while continuing up the field. And that's really how this defense is supposed to operate, where you're bringing force at the line of scrimmage. And so how they want, the defense to look, they do have bodies in place now that suit that better than what was the case in the past. How proven the commodities are there and, and some of the action we saw from Justin Jones. He really had some nice moments, especially in that yep. third preseason game. So there's some guys who can get up the field and make some things happen. Does it end up equating to to consistent, solid run defense? You know, it, it's, it's a big concern I have as well, Molly. I share that concern with you. I, I want to see the defensive line depth, and I, I'll believe it when I see it from yeah. this crew as far as can they be consistently a force up front because it's, it's just kind of like the receivers. There's guys with resumes of being in the league, but not necessarily, aside from Robert Quinn, not necessarily resumes of high-level play. Yeah, that's my big concern. But today, 
the 49ers struggle with their interior three as well. So matchup-wise, right. I think the Bears are okay with this game. But I'm going to ask you a question about Justin Jones here in a minute, Anthony. But the three technique to me in this defense is the most important position. When we had Tommy Harris healthy, and, and their defense was great even when he wasn't healthy, but when he was healthy, they were unbelievable. I mean, that's that, that he wrecked shop up in the middle, helped the defensive ends out, helped Erlacher, Lance, and all them. So if Justin Jones can – I don't think he can be as good as Tommy Harris when he was healthy, but if he can be that disruptive force as that three technique, that will make this defensive line that much better. And Anthony, I'd love to get your take. Do you think he has the ability to do that? Because I know with his previous team, he played, you know, defensive tackle, but it was, you know, asked to play differently. From Mm -hmm. what you've seen this preseason, do you think he can be a disruptive force at three technique? I've seen it in flashes. I have. You know, when you when you think about when when this defense was was really initially in its heyday, when it was with the not only with the Chicago Bears, of course, famously with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Warren Sapp, you know, a yeah. Hall of Fame yep. level three technique, just getting up the field snap after snap. Because part of what you end up doing when you play style like this, the the sort of standard traditional expectation for a defensive tackle in football is to be that space eater and to keep the linebackers clean. That's that's just not as important within the way, within the framework of this scheme. Now, you don't just want to olay a bunch of blocks constantly and have you know 320-pound men running up on your linebacker scot-free, but the way you do it, the technique that you use for it is working through the outside shoulder of that opposing guard when you're playing the run, so you're still getting a piece of them. You're still condensing the run lane, but you're doing it on the way into the backfield, and Justin Jones in spurts has definitely shown the ability to do that. Now, can he be that consistent force, or is it just going to be a little bit in, a little bit out? Is it going to be a few plays here where he really shows up, but not necessarily consistently throughout a game? That's where, you know, I mean, I think the expectations have to be realistic with that. If Justin Jones is just going to suddenly turn into this Pro Bowl caliber force as a three technique, that's not what his resume has been up until this point. But we saw some flashes of that during the preseason. I anticipate we'll see some flashes and some plays made throughout this season. But it's going to be it's going to be different for, you know, we were talking about Roquan Smith a moment ago. It's going to be different for Roquan Smith, how this scheme works and how it ends up affecting him, the way he flows to the ball, how quickly, you know, blockers may get up on him, how quickly he may have to work over the top of blockers as he's reading the run and making sure he's in position to make plays. All these things for guys who haven't necessarily operated in regular season games with Allen Williams, with Matt Eberflus within this scheme, there's going to be some newness to it. So I think the the concern for the defensive front, for the interior, for the three technique, it's a huge deal. You're right on the money with it, Manley, for how important the three technique is in this defense because as you let that blocker release and get up, you're really supposed to be putting yourself in position to make the play. The three technique is a playmaking position in this scheme. You know, how consistent can you count on Justin Jones, Armand Watts, guys like that, to have themselves in position to make those plays? Yeah, I hope they can make that transition. And you brought up Roquan Smith playing the Will linebacker. Obviously, I played with Lance Briggs, and mm-hmm. I hope he put a lot of tape of Lance Briggs on in this defense. Right. I mean, that's, this is going to be fun. This is potentially Roquan could just go off even with more tackles at that position than he has in the past with, yeah. with what he's asked to do in this defense, and I can't wait to watch him play. But unfortunately, he doesn't have any preseason snaps yet. <laughs> so <laughs> that might hinder him a little bit. It might take him a couple weeks to get used to it. I hope it doesn't. Uh, he seems like me. He's you know see ball, get ball. It doesn't matter where you line him up. He's mm-hmm. going to go get it. So hopefully he can make the uh, transition into this Will linebacker pretty seamless and, and just go out there and play like he has. I just can't wait to watch him play that Will linebacker position. 
Um, Anthony, you mentioned earlier about the biblical uh, proportions of the oh, weather. Man. I mean, you know, I don't know if if they're going to run at you with the running back, the quarterback, or a couple of green alligators and lovely geese, humpy back camels, <laughs> chimpanzees. I mean, it's it, it really is one of those days where the water is going to be falling and the surface is already a concern. Mm-hmm. They they resodded Soldier Field on Monday, and here we are on Sunday, and they've got the new surface down, which I guess the coach had an influence in. He wanted the Bermuda grass uh, as opposed to the Kentucky bluegrass because Bermuda is faster. Number one, are you concerned about it holding up? And number two, what does this do to a defense that wants to go after the quarterback? Well, what did Bigsy say about it? I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I've heard a couple of Bigsy's side reports on, on the show with you and, and Hall, man. I mean, there, there's nobody He's who knows the Soldier Field side like Brad Biggs. He's a believer in the turf. He thinks the turf is a, is, a, is a good idea that they've done a lot of different things and it won't be an issue. But I don't know that he is a weatherman. He's more of a turf expert. <laughs> I, I like the idea of going to this turf. And, you know, it's, it's worked in what, Kansas City? Eberflus said they had it in their practice field in Indy, so that's kind of Midwest, mid, excuse me, Midwest towns that it can deal with the weather. Guys, the field before when I played and the, you saw it oh. early in the preseason, it was awful. Mm. I mean, guys would come out and they'd look down and they'd be like, "You guys really play on this? You really play on this?" So it somewhat became an advantage because we were used to it. And Hallis Hall later in the year got sloppy as well. And um, but I would prefer to play on the grass that they're having now. I think I think it's great for this team. I think it's great for the speed of the game. That the way they want to play, and I truly think that makes a difference because D Lyman, when they came into Soldier Field with that turf, they didn't want that. They can't get a good step. They can't get a good first step. They can't get a good first, you know, grab with their cleats. The O Lyman liked it because it slowed them down. But I think it's better for this for this team to have this uh, to have this new surface grass, whatever it is on there. Well, it's it's a fun topic of conversation because we won't be able to have it when we're doing the pregame in five to seven years, right? It'll be a dome. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we're going to bring in Mark Rohde. We'll find out who's who's lining up and who is it. We'll uh, we'll get all the news of the day from Mark Rohde. He's on the sideline. He can tell us how the grass looks if it's coming up in chunks or everything's going to be all right. You're listening to the pregame show. It of course brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Rivers the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. We're back, and the water is falling, and there is a man, uh, rain-soaked Mark Grody, is going to join us now. He, uh, I hope he's wearing galoshes, guys. There's no way around it. And, of course, uh, he joins us on the, uh, on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Grody time! Hey, Mark. What's going on, guys? You know, the only thing – that I am not prepared for right now, Molly, is what you just said there. My footwear is not good. I am wearing comfortable gym shoes, which happen to both have holes in them. So Hold on, I've got Mark, my Mark, Mark, Mark. On. What year is this yeah, for yeah. you? What year is this for you on the sideline? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, but I, I, I let thing, you Natalie. pass a couple years ago, but now, I mean, you're, you're a veteran. You're supposed to know this I was stuff. So, hey, Patrick, I was so happy with myself that I remembered to bring my slicker and my umbrella and good pants that withstand the rain that I felt like having being three quarters prepared is a good thing for me. Really good thing for me. Footwear is always first. Footwear is always first. Remember that. And I'll tell you this. I was just standing. I'm actually standing in the Bears tunnel right now because the rain still is coming. It's actually lightening up as we speak, but talking to several of the Bears players, obviously it is all about the, the long spikes today. Uh, Byron Pringle was just, I don't, I, I couldn't figure out why he wouldn't tell me, but Byron Pringle did tell me he loved this weather. He's like, I love the rain. I love the snow. He's like, I want to get out there and play. So he's excited about it. Well, Darnell Mooney's only response to it was, I got enough of this stuff in New Orleans. So, uh, and, and there are, and the players have just gone out onto the field, probably within the last five minutes or so. They're all wearing, you know, hoodies right now and, rain gear that they have but they have finally gone on to the to the new field the brand new turf which looks good very now we'll see uh looks really good right now we'll see if it withstands the the rain which i as i said continues to lighten up just measure a few guys up as they walk by because you're going to see players running in and out trying on different shoes different cleats the screw-ins the molded the nubs you name it i mean you know, whatever shoe size you are, maybe just kind of size somebody up and see if they'll just, you know, <laughs> slip you another pair, something more suitable for the surface than whatever flip-flops you got on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very serious. Um, I do. Hey, 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 Byron, you still like it out there? Still, you love it. Yeah. <laughs> Byron Pringle, guys. He, he absolutely loves it. 
Um, I, I am what I'm going to try to do is when I see Tony Medlin, I think he'd probably give me some galoshes or maybe some old moldy boots that are in the corner that nobody's using right now. So we'll see. I'll shoot. I'll shoot him a text for you. What size are you? Yeah, yeah please do. I'm 11. I'm serious, man. <laughs> I will actually. Yeah, when, I will. Okay. When, when okay. you said you were in the Bears tunnel, I thought you said the Bears puddle. I was confused for a minute because <laughs> we've seen photos of puddles forming on the field. How, how is the oh, drainage well. going? No, no, the, the they're not. There's not puddles on the the playing surface that I can see right now. And actually, I'm, I'm walking. I'm I'm going out there. I'm out here, guys. I'm out of the tunnel. I'm on the field now. There is flash flooding on the sideline, of course, where I'll be standing. It's like a river right now behind the Bears bench. Um, I'm walking on the field right now, and I am not seeing any puddles. I'm seeing a couple of shirtless San Francisco 49ers players, though. So that's interesting. I guess it's, uh, that's one way to not get your shirt soaking wet. There's two guys. I don't know who they are, but there's two 49ers players that are shirtless out here. Well, I'll, I'll continue to keep the count on uh, how players handle this rain, but they look like they're having fun right now on the new surface. Well, the one thing to me is you have to embrace it, like have fun with it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? That's a, I think the people that go out there and play and like, oh, man, it's raining, it's wet. I, you know, it's, for me, you know, I had to work with the football. Use the, I embraced it. I'm like, all right, let's go out there and do the best you can. Let's have fun. You know, it's a kid's game, blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm happy to hear Pringle talk the way he is about that. But um, do yeah, we, I, I don't know how I don't know how you guys feel too. I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, Patrick, go ahead. but I, I, I genuinely want your insight as a former player and you know all of you guys about like this, this works to the advantage of the Bears, right? Because they, they have the I mean pound for pound, I think San Francisco is the more talented team than the Bears. They have more dynamic playmakers. So if any, I, I'm not saying this gives the Bears some great advantage, but if there is an advantage, it probably goes to the Bears, right? I'm going to say uh, no because I, mean, I think both teams are going to run the ball, and I think yeah. they're a better running team. So that's neutralized. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and San Francisco. I mean, they they do they get some weather. It's not going to get get nearly as cold in the Bay Area, but they're going to get their fair share of rain out there also. But when you look at the variety of ways that San Francisco can effectively run the ball, also that's something that could end up giving them an advantage. I mean, you know, Kyle Shanahan is is just a, an OC who's going to hit you with a bunch of stuff anyway. But the fact that they can run it from behind center, they can run it with the wide receivers, they can do a few different things with the guys they have healthy. Yeah, it would seem like advantage 49ers. I'm going to be curious, how, how close are you going to watch a guy like Justin Fields where his development has been such a huge storyline growth? Obviously, as we've all talked about with you at different points throughout the offseason, but now his debut in the regular season is going to be in potentially monsoon conditions. Like, have you seen him out there yet handling the football, spinning it around, trying to see how comfortable he can get in wet conditions? Yeah, yeah, and he is – I feel like it is going to work in the Bears' favor in terms of the offense that they have tried, you know, the little that we have seen of it in the preseason and having seen just about all of their training camp practices, there is an earnestness about trying to take advantage of the talents of Justin Fields and letting him be creative and letting him improv a little bit. I think that's going to come in handy. And I think what's really going to come in handy is Luke Getzey's offense that already is seems to be a quick hit style of offense. We all know that Justin Fields needs to get rid of the ball a little bit more quickly, but they're going to depend on a running game, and I think a quick-hitting 
passing game. It doesn't mean that they're not going to go attempt to go downfield. I mean, they have to attempt to go downfield at times. But I think that I think the, the one thing that I'm looking most forward to is just seeing literally the the play calling, the play calling by Luke Getzey and how consistent he stays with a, with whatever is or is not working. And then the the interesting part too is the the guys up front, the guys that are going to be blocking for Justin Fields today, and obviously a, a rookie in Braxton Jones. My guess is is that it will be Sam Mustafer at center and uh, Tevin Jenkins at right guard with Lucas Patrick at least starting the game on the bench. But that's something I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on the sidelines is the communication between Chris Morgan and all of the offensive linemen because it wouldn't shock me if there is, you know, interchangeable parts today. If they decide to get Lucas Patrick a little bit of run, if if Braxton Jones, if it's not working out for him, could there be a replacement? So I think that that that's still a work in progress, and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down. So, Mark, I saw from um, Ian Rappaport at about three o'clock this morning. I didn't see it at three. But he tweeted out that, uh, that that George Kittle will not be able to play, and that's that's great news for the Bears. Not a major surprise, but Kittle, a very good player, and a you know a big Bears fan, by the way. Um, Valus Jones is out. I imagine he didn't practice. He was doubtful. I can't imagine him playing. Who are the inactives for the Bears? Well, yeah, he he's definitely going to be out today. Is the way it's uh, looking for the Bears. I mean, they've only had a couple of guys on that uh, injury report throughout uh, the last or throughout the last week when they finally were releasing the official injury reports and I am actually looking right now usually I've had the injury report by right now and I don't seem to have the official one uh, that has come out yet but yeah I haven't seen George Kittle out here for San Francisco and that's that's obviously a big deal but there are so many good weapons on this San Francisco team that they're going to have to, to deal with. And, and we all know about Debo Samuel, but the guy that really killed the Bears last year when they played here at Soldier Field was the running back, Elijah Mitchell. So that, that's a guy to watch out for. And the Bears have had trouble with those explosive runs in the last couple of years. So we, uh, that, that is definitely something to monitor. Have the Bears gotten better up the middle uh, this year with Justin Jones as the three technique, obviously he's going to be dependent a lot on that. Um, you know, Angelo Blackson is going to get some run out here today. And of course the two ends this year in Travis Gibson and Robert Quinn. We have the inactives, Mark. Apparently Valus Jones, Jr. Elijah Hicks, um, Kingsley. Is it uh, Kingsley, Jonathan, Jatari Carter, Alex Leatherwood. Oh, no, no Leatherwood. And Trayvon uh, Vesco. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the only one that I'm uh, – did you say Elijah's out for this one? Yes. Yes, Elijah yeah, that's the only out. one That yeah. surprised me a little bit just because he's been so good on special teams, the seventh-round safety. Obviously, he wasn't going to play on, on defense in any way, shape, or form. But I thought that he would be a, a guy that would be out here starting on the special teams today. But apparently that is not the case. Mark, it's uh, it's wonderful to talk to you. It's always a joy. Um, yeah, get. I, I agree with what Anthony, that advice. Try to steal some shoes off someone. 
go ahead and, and get in that locker room and grab a pair of cleats. And I, I texted Team well, Ed already for you, Mark. <laughs> I did. I sent him a text. And then tell Robbie Gold I, I said hello. And it, I, I will. And in the course of this chat I'm having with you guys, it has gone from hard rain to a very, very light rain. So we're getting closer to no rain, hopefully. But I, I, my guess is that there will be a light sprinkle happening throughout the game. Grody dresses appropriately. That's the new headline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. I'll get this down yet, man. Give me, give me a little week five, and I'll have this job down. You're not All a right, rookie buddy. anymore. Thank you. That's our guy, Mark Grody. We, <laughs> we have a ton to come. A lot of interesting stuff there. I want to talk a little bit about what George Kittle's absence means and, and if it affects anything given the conditions. We'll, uh, we'll get into that. We've got a lot to talk about. We have uh, – we have uh, um, another uh, fun uh, segment waiting for you here on the uh, the pregame show brought to you by Bet Rivers. Draft is a draft. You know, the draft doesn't matter at this point. You know, I mean, like Mooney, you can take Mooney, for example. Shoot, he got passed by a 32 team. So it's like, I mean, you're in the league now. Do your job now. Boom. Execute at a high level. It is what it is. But, I mean, at this point, you know, it's week one. We're here to play ball. We're not worried about last year's draft. Oh, this team passed me. I'm not thinking about that. That's not good. I'm not really. You know, I don't take anything personal. And I'm, I'm glad to be here. So, you know, I'm glad that they passed on me. Yeah, so I'm just ready to play this, this weekend. It's the pregame show. We're getting closer and closer to game time. The Bears taking on the 49ers opening the season at Soldier Field, and that, of course, the voice of Justin Fields. Justin Fields is uh, is a guy that, that coming out of college, you thought of him and Trevor Lawrence as the, as the one-two picks. Somehow, quickly in that, uh, in that evaluation process, uh, I don't know, the 49ers, they traded up a lot, and they were choosing – Zach Thomas went second, right? Lawrence goes first, then Zach Thomas to the Jets – then it's the Niners on the board, and they were choosing between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, and they, they chose Trey Lance, who did not play a ton and played at a small school and, uh, and sat out his final year there. Uh, I mean, there's COVID stuff going on, all understandable decisions, but amazing that Justin Fields ends up falling to the 11th pick where the Bears go up and trade for him. And he is the uh, the last of the five quarterbacks taken in the first round of last year's draft. He's already played the Niners, right? And, and he was answering questions based on Darnell Mooney basically saying earlier in the week that the Niners were going to have to pay because they had passed on Justin Fields. Um, I would imagine the motivation of, of not being taken where you believe you're going to end up has got to be a real element, and we know he's a competitor. And I'm sure if if you put him uh, if you put him on a lie detector test, <laughs> he'd probably have to admit that it did bother him. And he does have uh, he does bear some ill will. How, how do you guys take that? Do you think that's the case, or do you think that he's already motivated trying to be a great player? Go ahead, Big Amp. I think that for Fields, because he's he's such a competitor, it it yeah. factors into it. Just watching him play, even a couple of games in college, he played against a, a Trevor Lawrence-led Clemson team. He he took yep. the field and mm-hmm. played spectacular in both of those games, and frankly, outplayed Trevor Lawrence the two times they faced each other in college. 
just like he did even in high school passing tournaments. Like it's, it's pretty well reported that whenever Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence would be at the same passing tournament, Justin Fields w- was the one who outperformed there. Now, on the whole, I did still feel Trevor Lawrence was the, the number one prospect going in the last draft cycle. But those intangibles matched with the tangibles that are obvious with Justin Fields is a part of why I viewed him as the number two quarterback in, the la- in that draft cycle. We haven't seen Trey Lance tested in the same way because he's barely played the game at a competitive level. And there's just a big difference between what you can expect. It's, it's one thing to project, but what can you legitimately expect from a guy without necessarily knowing how well he's been tested in those most heated of competitive environments? Like he definitely will as a pro quarterback. Now, San Francisco really trusts their infrastructure. They really trust their schematics. They trust their development potential, and they've been good at that over the years. So there's a reason for them to trust that, while at the same time, the Chicago Bears haven't been great at that. So there's a reason why a lot of us would be looking at it just wondering, all right, we haven't seen them truly develop a lot of offensive playmakers within this franchise here as of late. So then how much can you trust what this is going to mean? We've seen them over there cleaning house. We've seen them over there adjusting a lot of personnel around it. And so they're they're trying to put what they can around Justin Fields to kind of make this work and to give him the opportunity for success. But from Fields' perspective, knowing the competitor that he is and seeing how he's responded in those moments before, I don't have a doubt in my mind that that he's looking at this and, and will potentially always look at it as something to prove, some chip on his shoulder for San Francisco and some of the other squads that took quarterback A over him. And Trey Lance is one of those quarterback A examples that were taken ahead of Justin Fields. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, you, Molly, you, you nailed it. If you gave him a lie detector test, he's not passing that thing. <laughs> he's a competitor. We're all competitors. If you're playing in the NFL, you better be competing and always thinking about you know, being better than somebody else. And in his position, he got passed up by other quarterbacks. And I guarantee you, I can't guarantee you, but I would imagine that each week he goes and looks at other quarterback stats to see where he compares. How am I doing against this draft class that I was drafted in? I, I would think you would do that. I know other players have done that. I've talked to Olin about, you know, he was he got drafted, what, in the third round. Yep. Other centers got drafted before him, and that made him angry, and he'd always look mm-hmm. and see, you know, how are they playing, and that was motivation for him. I know other players the same way that maybe were bumped down in the draft a little bit. They compare themselves against the people that were drafted above them, and that goes on through your entire career. I think that's just human nature, and I think that's, you know, Justin Fields is giving – you know, the answer he gave is fine, but you know deep down he's thinking about outplaying Trey Lance, outplaying everybody that's in his draft class. That's just human nature. And and hopefully that is motivation that he uses internally and it helps him become a better quarterback. But that's, I'm fine with him lying to us about that. But yeah. I, I'm sure he's got that fire in his belly. And, and he's played them before. It's yes. not, this is yeah, not that, the first time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, that he's not revisiting that draft in his head, as you say, Pat. Sure. Um, how do you rank him? I mean, how you look at? We look at the NFC and the AFC right now, and when you talk to people, they always tell you, "Well, all the quarterbacks are in the AFC." Well, wait a minute. You know, Tom Brady's in the NFC, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but they're getting older. When you look at the good young quarterbacks, the Mahomes and the and, and the, uh, uh, the the kid from the Chargers and uh, Burrow, they're in the AFC, right? So what? Yeah, Justin Herbert. So how do you rank? these quarterbacks uh, that were taken in last year's draft class, and where does Justin fit in in his development? I, I think it's so early I, I think it's early to kind of really give them grades. And then also a bunch of these quarterbacks, you're looking at the list here, they have new head coaches again. They have new offensive mm-hmm. coordinators. So it's hard to rank them 
where they're going to be or where they are just because I think that transition between new coaches and new staffs and all that stuff is tough. But, um, you know, all of them had their struggles. All of them, you know, played well at some points. You know, we look at our backyard with Justin Fields. He had some games where he was great, you know, Pittsburgh and all that, and then he had some games where he was bad. So I think, Mully, the answer to me, I'm, I'm going to give you a non-answer, is that I really can't rank them yet. I don't think they have enough play time. They haven't had enough time in a system that you can rank them yet. And I think this year is going to be interesting to watch these guys grow in maybe a new system or grow in the same system, like a Mac Jones under Bill Belichick, but he has different offensive coordinators there as well. So um, it, it's tough to rank these guys right now. I'm hoping just for being an NFL fan, they all become great players because I think when you have great quarterback play, it makes the talent around them better. It makes the product better. So hopefully they all become pretty darn good, but I don't know which one is best right now. And it's it, it, because it's incomplete with all these second-year guys, that's a part of what enhanced the concern for Justin Fields coming into this season because it's not like you got a rookie quarterback in a rebuild. This isn't you know the Jacksonville Jaguars last year where it didn't matter how many games they won or lost. You got Trevor Lawrence, he's a rookie, and everything's going to be torn down around him and built back up. Now you got a guy in year two in the situation Justin Fields finds himself in. And so to see the rebuild basically begin in his second year where now there's this expectation of a leap that's going to get made from year one to year two, but it doesn't feel like the Bears put a lot of resources into surrounding him with talent offensively. But we have seen what appears like they've added some depth and talent to the offensive line. So at least maybe there's the beginnings of that being addressed in a in kind of a more – a more reputable manner where you, where you get some legit talent. And now we've seen Luke Getzey, his offensive play style, how he's going to call things during the preseason. So at least having that level of infrastructure there, even though it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of playmakers that are there on the outside for Justin Fields to throw the football to, then that should be something that, that enhances that. Is Mac Jones going to take a step back this season with whatever they're doing with their offensive play callers <laughs> in New England? It's, you know That's what it's looking like right now and we have yet to see what Trevor Lawrence would truly look like in Jacksonville so there's you know all these guys it's just it's super early to the point that Manley's making right there so we'll see man Trey Lance he's out there trying to throw football there's some some videos circulating on Twitter <laughs> with the ball slipping out of his hands in warm-ups and everything so it's gonna be it's, it's a tough position for both young QBs to be in in these conditions today all righty we've got so much more to go we of course uh, broadcasting live through the uh, score hyundai studios brought to you by your local hyundai dealers and we are on the pregame show thanks to the fine folks at bet rivers we are enjoying ourselves as we inch ever closer to the kickoff of the season this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.